What's up, everybody? It's your host of Hoagie's Huddle, Hunter here, coming at you live with episode four here, bringing you the latest and hottest news in the Minnesota sports world. Today's episode is going to be mainly Vikings-focused, but I will touch base on the rest of the Minnesota sports teams. I appreciate the few questions you guys did send in, or send into my Twitter page for the Q&A. Uh, I did not get as much feedback as I'd like, so please, guys, get at me at Hoagie's Huddle on Twitter, and let's interact there. I'm coming at you guys with daily content through the Twitter page. I would love to uh, go back and forth with you guys and answer a few of your questions if you guys have any. I will be getting to those a little bit later in the podcast. I do want to touch base on a few things before we start here. Sponsorships, yes, there are still a few spots open. Please feel free to shoot me an email. I will put that in the link like I've been saying. I uh, would love to help support and get the word out of your business or whatever you are doing. Another thing I wanted to mention is t-shirts. I uh, am in the process of placing an order for some t-shirts. If you guys are interested, I will be handing some of those out. Two supporters of the podcast just to wear them around and get some advertisement and, and get the name out there of Hoagie's Huddle. We do have some pretty pretty cool news about some advertising things going on and some billboards and signs going up at local stadiums and parks. I will keep you guys up to date on that. Just a little sneak peek of what's going on behind the scenes. Getting on to the news and notes and meat of it, we will be starting with our Minnesota Twins today. Not much on our Twinkies. Uh, It's been pretty slow. I could go over all the spring training games, but there's so many new names that you guys probably haven't even heard of that there's no point in touching base on those. Just an overview. The Twins have looked pretty good overall. Some things I wanted to mention off the top of my head from my notes. Um, Kyle Gibson continues to look excellent this spring. His slider is working really well. This generally happens with Kyle in the springtime. And he falters in the beginning portion of the season and then comes back on strong. He is well aware of this and has made it clear that he is doing everything he can to prevent this. Look for Kyle to have a nice season. And I do think Kyle will make it into that rotation going into the season. I do believe the Twins will go with four guys rather than five to start the season due to the off days and the way their schedule works. And look for those four to be Berrios, Lynn, Odorizzi, and Gibson with Hughes making an occasional spot start until Santana gets back from his finger injury. Another few things I mentioned or noticed from spring training, rather, um, the no-look pickoff. I'm sure you guys saw that against the Yankees, against Shane Robinson. That was absolutely incredible. Pretty cool to watch. Those guys are top-notch athletes, and the stuff they do is absolutely ridiculous, and that was another example of that. The Twins did end up releasing pitcher Annabelle Sanchez, who we brought in this offseason. This has a lot to do with the Odorizzi trade and the Lance Lynn signing. We just simply don't need him, although I said the more starting pitching we have, the better. We have plenty at this point, and Annabelle Sanchez will not be used, especially with a non-guaranteed $2.5 million contract. There is no reason to keep him around. He has not looked bad this spring, but has not done anything of note. What I did want to give you guys for today is my roster predictions going into the regular season for the Twins and just an idea of who they'll be carrying. This is, again, this is all predictions and my predictions rather, but I just wanted to give you guys an idea of who I believe the Twins will be carrying going into the season. And so we will be starting with the guys in the field rather than the pitching staff. 
At catcher, I believe they will be carrying Castro and Garver. At first base, Joe Maurer and Logan Morrison. At second base, Brian Dozier. Third base, Miguel Sano. Shortstop, Jorge Polanco. And then I listed them as utilities because they could play a lot of positions, but Eduardo Escobar and Adrianza also can play several spots in the infield and as well as corner outfield. The outfielders I had predicted us keeping are Eddie Rosario, Byron Buxton, Max Kepler, Robbie Grossman, probably the most clear-cut position. Wade's been having a phenomenal spring and look for him to potentially sneak onto the roster, if not at the beginning, at some point during the season. Going on to the pitching staff, I mentioned the four guys I see as the starters. The eight relievers, then, that would conclude the Minnesota Twins 2018 roster would be Fernando Rodney. Addison Reed, Zach Duke, Trevin Heldenberger, Taylor Rogers, Ryan Presley, Phil Hughes, who would also be that fifth starter for now. And my surprise pick is Tyler Kinley. He's been uh, a young kid, got him in the Rule 5 draft. If we do not roster him for the whole season, the entirety of the season, he will be heading back to Miami. He has touched 99 several times this spring. He's got some great stuff. His slider actually comes in at 92. His stuff is absolutely electric. I think the Twins could keep him around for a young bullpen arm. Like I said, you can't teach the arm The arm he has. It is just absolutely live. It is fun to watch. So look for Tyler Kinley to sneak on to the roster going into 2018. I do not have much else for you guys regarding the Twins. I did get a question sent in to me asking if the Twins will make any other moves going into spring training. Look for them to... Consistently monitor who is cut from rosters, but otherwise I do not see them bringing in more guys. I uh, They do have the financial flexibility to do so, but I do not see them roster-wise needing any more bats or arms this year. Moving on to our Minnesota Wild, this will be another brief segment as the Wild had a pretty down week, and I do not want to touch base on that all too much, but going back to Saturday, they did take a 4-1 loss to the Edmonton Oilers. Connor McDavid definitely happened to them, scoring two goals. Coyle scored the goal in that game. Like I said, not much going on in a 4-1 loss. And moving on to later in the week, we had a 5-1 loss to the Avalanche as well. Miko Koivu scoring the goal in that. The Wild currently sit 39-24-7, tied for fourth in the West with San Jose at 85 points. We played in Las Vegas against the Golden Knights tomorrow and Saturday in Phoenix. Hopefully we can steal a win or two there. The Golden Knights are obviously leading, actually second, in the Western Conference and are playing excellent hockey as we speak. It was a pretty slow week for our Minnesota Wild, and that's all I will be having for you guys on this episode. And moving on to our Minnesota Timberwolves. What a week for the boys. A nice 109-103 win over the Steph Curry-less Warriors. Even without Steph Curry, that is a phenomenal basketball team and a huge win for the Timberwolves. That was on national television. And like I said, it was a great team win, 109-103. Just some some lines from that game. We had three double-doubles. Taj, 11-13. Jeff Teague, 10-10. Carl Anthony Towns, 31 and 16 
Wiggins was 23 of 5 on 9 for 16 shooting, 56.3%. Good shooting night for Andrew. Kevin Durant absolutely went off for 39 and 12. He took over portions of the game. It was real fun to watch him and Carl Anthony Towns go back and forth, scoring there for a while. Clay was 3 for 12 from 3, which was a very unusual night for him. Overall, the Warriors were outshot from 3 by the Timberwolves, 30% to 27.8, which is very unusual for that team. It is not often you can say you outshot the Golden State Warriors from deep, so that is partially why the Timberwolves won that game. Great win for the Timberwolves without Jimmy, even though the Warriors did not have Steph. It still was a great team win for the boys. Going on to later this week on Tuesday when we played the Washington Wizards with a 116-111 win. What a game for Nemanja Bialicia. He's been playing some great basketball, averaging nearly 40 minutes a night since Jimmy's injury. He has done an incredible job stepping up 17-8-7 for him. Tyus had a wonderful night with 8-5. Even though the stat line didn't show it, he was essential in our offense working in that fourth quarter. Speaking of fourth quarter, we outscored them 34-21 to to come back in the fourth. We were down eight going into the fourth. Belly got in foul trouble early in the first half and managed it well throughout the rest of the game. Carl Anthony Towns with a career-high 37 points and 10 rebounds. He had an absolutely incredible game and has been dominant as of late. He's been playing some probably the best basketball of his entire career. Here, the last few weeks, and it's been fun to watch. This is the time we need him to step up most while Jimmy is down. Speaking of Jimmy, his rehab continues to go well. You guys know how hardworking he is, how excellent he keeps, how shape he keeps his body in. The guy will be back and just as good as before. It's just a matter of when and being safe and not pushing it too much. Look for playoff time as a return, like I said before. Another thing I noticed from that game was Andrew Wiggins honestly just looked uninterested and completely unaware of what was going on for large portions of that basketball game. He did score six huge points for the Timberwolves down the stretch in the fourth quarter, but if you look at his stat line, he essentially was non-existent in any other category besides the points. Andrew did, there was rumblings going around lo- uh, local news sources that Andrew was upset being the third fiddle on the Timberwolves. Not that he wanted out or was requesting a trade or anything like that, but that he was unhappy with his current role within the organization. My whole two cents on that situation is if you're unhappy with your role in the current organization, do something about it and play better. You're not giving them any reason to make you uh, the second or first fiddle, especially uh, scoring-wise. But that is just my two cents. I am not all that keen on Andrew Wiggins and and his play. Again, it's just opinion-based, purely but I do want to see Andrew stick here in Minnesota. I'm curious what we could get for him on the trade market value-wise, but we will not look into doing so until after this season or anything. I have not heard anything about trying to get Andrew out of here, but with that max contract, it will be difficult to move him going forward. The Timberwolves this weekend have the Spurs on Saturday at San Antonio. And we are at Houston Sunday, a real tough two-game stretch here. If we can steal one out of these two, that would be vastly important for our playoff run. These two wins against Golden State and Washington were essential. Those are huge wins to get. And it goes back to the beginning of the season. Uh, I was not 
making podcasts at this time, but it was frustrating to see them drop these games to teams that they should not have been losing to at the beginning of the season. These losing several games to the Phoenix Suns, Detroit Pistons. These are just off the top of my head early on that we should have not have lost. We were winning the difficult games early and losing some of the easier ones, but those are games that are essential in the in the playoff run in the grand scheme of things. And those are the games the Golden States and the Houstons do not drop, and that's why they are in the position they are currently in. But look for the Timberwolves to to be in that position in a year or two with the the current way the roster is set up age-wise. But the Timberwolves are doing a good job right now. We are currently sitting tied for fifth with New Orleans in the Western Conference, 14 games back. A thing I wanted to mention about the playoffs right now, as it currently sits, some potential matchups I could see the Timberwolves having are New Orleans and Portland, which would be two very favorable matches for the Timberwolves in round one. I would definitely like our chances against both of those teams. The Clippers and Utah are also in the playoff picture. I would like facing them as well, but it looks like those are the teams that the Golden State and Houstons will be playing. Uh, there are some teams that I would definitely not like to see, and those are obviously Golden State, Houston, OKC, and San Antonio if the rumors are true that Kawhi Leonard will be returning for playoff time. If that is so, that Spurs team is as dangerous as always. Without Kawhi, that Spurs team does not scare me as much. I do like how the Timberwolves are young and will bring a lot of energy in a seven-game series that I do not believe the Spurs will be able to match throughout seven games. Another thing I did want to mention before I wrap up the Wolves segment of Hoagie's Huddle Episode 4 is that I did like to see Tyus Jones getting 20 minutes against Washington with Derrick Rose on the roster. Derrick has been in the 7-10 to 10 minute range, consistently not playing that great of basketball, but he is rusty. Give him time. But I do like to see that Tyus's minutes has not been affected all that much. They've done a good job managing the minute situation, which is the first time I've said anything positive about the way Thibodeau has managed minutes. He continues to keep Carl at the 37-38 range. And Belly, is, like I said, has been stepping up big time in his minute uptake. And I do feel like that has helped him a lot. Curious to see what this little stretch going out through the rest of the season, if he continues to play well, will do to the, the value of Belly in the offseason. I do think this obviously will only help. But I'm curious to see how much this will get him paid this offseason with this solid play in the starting five for a winning basketball team. Alrighty, folks, moving on in this episode of Hoagie's Huddle to the most popular team in the Minnesota sports market, the Minnesota Vikings. Free agency started on the 14th, and it has been absolutely crazy ever since. Today, the Minnesota Vikings did officially sign Kirk Cousins to a three-year, $84 million deal Fully guaranteed. There is some incentives and bonuses in there, but I will not get too specific with that. Today's episode, I will be including at the end here the Kirk Cousins presser. It is quite long. I was going to cut snippets out for you guys, but instead, for us diehard Vikings fans, I will include the entirety of the Kirk Cousins press conference. After I do my little spiel on the Vikings, I will throw that in there on the end for those of you who have not listened to it yet and would like to listen. My thoughts on the Kirk Cousins press conference real quick before I get into anything else. Really liked it. Well spoken. He is a winner at heart. He is driven. I believe he is here for the right reasons to win football games. 
Uh, obviously, it was a nice contract he signed, but at the end of the day, he is here to win football games, and that showed. I think it is a good organizational fit. He does as well. It was interesting to see how he spoke of the Minnesota Vikings facilities as over-the-top and insanely impressive. This will help bring in free agents. One little side note I did find interesting that I did not know was during Super Bowl week, he did sit down with the Gopher football program and P.J. Flex specifically to learn about leadership and other things. He thinks of P.J. very highly in the aspect, and he did say he is looking forward to being involved with the Gopher football program and helping out in any way possible. That just shows me the kind of guy Kirk is, that he would seek out other leaders on his own time to go meet with them, to learn about leadership and to become a better leader himself. I do feel like he fits in well with this roster, specifically the offense, and can take over in a leadership position. I'm sure you guys all know a lot of these things, but I'm going to give you a brief overview on who Kirk Cousins is, some things about him and what you need to know as a Vikings fan going into 2018. Kirk was a Midwest boy born in Illinois, went to Michigan State University. He is 6'3", 200 pounds, 29 years old. His 2017 season consisted of 4,093 passing yards, 27 touchdowns, three or 13 interceptions, excuse me, and a 93.9 quarterback rating. He rushed for 13 touchdowns in the last three years, which is surprising to some folks. That is quite a bit for a quarterback, averaging about 4.66 a season. He has had 48 consecutive starts, which is his durability is top-notch, which is excellent for Vikings fans as we have dealt with a lot of issues in that department. That is something we love to hear. Career quarterback rating of 93.7. He has thrown for 4,000-plus yards in three consecutive seasons. One thing I did notice about Kirk that is concerning to me is his 13 fumbles in the 2017 season, 9-16 and 16 in 2015. That is a concerning thing to me, whether he's getting hit a lot. Obviously, his O-line in uh, Washington was not the greatest, but at the same time, that is still quite a bit of fumbles, and ball security obviously is an issue with Kirk. Hopefully, that's something we will be able to figure out. A couple other things I noticed with Kirk, whenever his offense that he leads scores 20-plus points, he did so in 34 out of 48 games he played in, and in those games, he had a record of 22-9-1. and in his four career starts against the NFC North, not including the Minnesota Vikings, he is 3-1 with a 6-1 touchdown-to-interception ratio, 72.1% completion percentage, and 114.7 QBR. He has excelled in his career against the NFC North, and hopefully that will continue to happen. Another interesting note I wanted to share with you guys is the Vikings' interest in Drew Brees. Obviously, Drew is back with the New Orleans Saints, and we have signed Kirk Cousins. But it is interesting to note the Vikings reached out to Drew at the beginning of the week, and there was a team that did offer Drew Brees two years, $65 million fully guaranteed. And you have to think the Vikings have to be considered as maybe that mystery team that offered that contract only off the basis is that they were one of the few. There's three teams that salary cap-wise could even offer that contract. And so I am curious if the Minnesota Vikings were one of those teams. I'm getting a strong sense internally that it was, but it was also just an offer thrown out there knowing that he would most likely stay in New Orleans. Before I touch base on the rest of the Minnesota Vikings free agency plan and offseason so far, I do want to touch base on a few questions I was sent regarding the Minnesota Vikings. 
We will start with one from my good friend Calvin Sanders. He says, A lot of sports talking heads are already handing the NFC North to the Minnesota Vikings. It's still early and there's plenty of free agency as well as the draft. But how competitive do you think the NFC North will be this year? And do you think the Bears, Lions, or Packers will lay down? Good question, Calvin. I appreciate you uh, taking the time to send in a few questions for me. I do not think any team in the NFC North will lay down this year. I am very impressed with the entirety of the offseason of the NFC North, not only the Minnesota Vikings. Your Packers have done a pretty solid job themselves, although releasing Jordy Nelson. They did bring in Jimmy Graham, who is extremely, extremely talented and will fit well with that Green Bay system. Also on the defensive side of things, bringing in Muhammad Wilkerson, I think, is a great signing for the Packers. The Bears, on the other hand, have brought in Allen Robinson, Trey Burton, and a few other weapons for Mitch Trubinsky. I believe they are doing a legitimate job to update their upgrade their offense, especially with Matt Nagy coming in, the offensive-minded coach. The Detroit Lions, I know, are in talk. We're in talks with DeMarco Murray, but ended up signing Frank Gore, solidifying that running position will help running back position will help them out. I believe the Lions will continue to be competitive in the NFC North and will continue to cause problems for a few of these teams just because of their offense and the points they put up on the board. Look for the Vikings and the Packers to dominate this division again, but like I said, I do think it is the Vikings division to lose. This whole offseason and draft will play a big role in it. I am curious to see what the Green Bay Packers do regarding the cornerback position. I think they will draft probably two to three, maybe even four defensive backs in this draft. Morgan Burnett is still a free agent for them as well. Curious to see what the guys in the division do. Although this is a Minnesota sports podcast, it is pertaining news to talk about what's going on amongst our division. I do like the Vikings' chances going into the season, but don't count out the Packers, especially with number 12 on the field. I haven't even mentioned that yet, but especially with number 12 on the field, don't count them out. But they have done a pretty nice job to upgrade with Jimmy Graham and a few other guys on their team. I'm guessing they aren't done, as well as the other teams in the NFC North that is still very early in free agency. Another question I did get sent in regarding the Minnesota Vikings was from my uncle Brett Hoagland, and he asked, how can the Vikings go all in on Cousins? Zimmer said, if I get this wrong, I will be fired. I like Zim, but he is definitely going all in, and I hope he doesn't go all gone. Well, Brett, I know you are a Case Keenum fan yourself, and I do see why you like Case, but I do feel like this was the move the Minnesota Vikings needed to make. If uh, this is the Vikings going all in on winning, and as fans, I do believe we should be happy, whether you think it's the right call or not. The Vikings have given us every reason to have faith in their decision-making in the last five to ten years, and I will continually have faith in Spielman, Robertsinski, Zimmer, and staff. Although I'm not 100% entirely sold on Kirk as a quarterback, I do like the upside he brings our offense and a couple other things he brings. He is very accurate. He is durable, he has a good arm, he is sensible, and he's a good leader. Those are all things I look for in a quarterback. Another thing with Kirk Cousins that people tend to forget is he is surprisingly mobile as well, and those boots and play actions will work very well in John Filippo's offensive system. It is hard to see it this way currently, but I do believe we will look back on the Kirk Cousins contract three years from now and say we did get a good value deal. 
just and that's purely based off of some of the contracts that will be handed out over the next two to three years. Another move the Minnesota Vikings made to address the quarterback position was trading for Trevor Simeon, quarterback Denver Broncos. I really, really, really like this trade. This really solidifies the quarterback position for the Vikings going forward. Trevor Simeon's contract at $1.9 million is a great value, and with starting experience, you can never replace that in the NFL. He will be a solid backup for the Vikings going forward. It is worth noting that him and Cousins are represented by Mike McCarthy, the same agent. We did trade a 2019 fifth-round draft pick for Trevor Simeon and a 2018 seventh-round draft pick, so that moves the Vikings draft count to eight picks in the 2018 draft. Like I said in previous episodes, Look for them to get into the 8-10 to 10 range. For draft picks, a few other Vikings news and notes I wanted to run by you guys. The Vikings currently sit with $26.08 million on their cap for the rest of the offseason after acquiring Simeon and Cousins. Look for them to restructure deals with maybe Darius Wright, Brian Robinson, and Latavius Murray. That must be done so by the third day of the league business here, which is tomorrow. So Friday when you guys are listening to this. So hopefully by then they will have restructured the Latavius Murray contract specifically and and hopefully maybe Brian and Jarius as well. But like I said, we currently sit at 26.08 for cap space right now. Another interesting news and note from the Vikings is that Sheldon Richardson is visiting the Vikings today, the same day that Kirk is. Uh, Rick personally flew out to pick up Sheldon. He has had a lot of off-the-field issues in his career, but he is insanely talented and would be a perfect three technique for this Vikings. Honestly, if the Vikings got if the Vikings ended up landing Sheldon sometime tonight or tomorrow, I would not be surprised whatsoever, and this would make their defense so, so, so incredibly legit. I'm telling you guys, Sheldon lining up with the three technique with Linville next to him would be a disaster for every offense in the league, especially with Daniel and Everson on the off outside. This D-line would compete, if not be better than the Eagles D-line, even after the Michael Bennett acquisition as well. I just wanted to give a little quick shout-out to Bo Allen on his contract with the Tampa Bay Bucks. I would have loved to see you in purple, but I am very happy you found your home for the future and can enjoy some time in the warm and wonderful Tampa Bay. Hopefully you don't eat any W's down there. Just win some games. Don't eat them. The Vikings have reached out to several slot corners as well. Bryce Callahan, formerly of the Bears, and Nickel Roby Coleman. And as another one mentioned... So far, look for them to be fairly aggressive in the cornerback market, looking to to just get deeper in that position. I would not be surprised to see Terrence Newman return, but I do think they will do something else at the corner position, and he will return in more of a coaching mentorship role rather than playing. He did get more time than expected last season. Another guy, the Minnesota Vikings have reached 0-2 defensive lineman Adrian Claiborne, formerly of the Falcons, Bucks, a few other teams. He has been playing some solid football from the end position. He can play a little three technique as well. I think the Vikings are just looking to get deeper and get more pass rushers on this D-line for whatever value they can get. But ever since Kirk Cousins signing, I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of these good free agents come to Minnesota on value deals here, whether one-year prove-it contracts or whatnot. This is a place where people want to come, and this is a place where we will be winning 
I think that is the sense around the league and the NFL right now as well. And that shows by having guys like Sheldon Richardson in here visiting. If we can get guys to our facilities, I firmly believe we have a good shot at signing anyone, even for a lesser contract. I have not heard anything as of 7 o'clock on Thursday night here about Sheldon Richardson. I know he's out to dinner with the team right now. But I would not be surprised if by the time this episode airs tomorrow, Sheldon Richardson is a Minnesota Viking. Hopefully he does not leave Minnesota without a contract offer or being signed. He is an extremely talented individual and will most likely get more money elsewhere. But the prospect of playing for Zimmer and this team could help him out a lot as well as straighten out his career off the field a little bit as the Minnesota Vikings will not put up with any of his crap. Another thing worth noting was that Mike McCarthy, Kirk Cousins' agent, did say that there was offers for considerably more money out there for Kirk, but that the potential for winning and being in Minnesota took precedent over that. His family and everyone felt it was a great fit here in Minnesota. Another thing I wanted to note that was interesting, just from listening to other local podcasts, was the work from Mike Wabshaw. He was sitting in his studio at the new TCO Performance Center, and he was watching several Vikings players walk by and work out on the field and walk around the facility just checking out the place in pure awe. It looks like a lot of guys will be staying in the Minnesota area to work out at that facility. It is top of the line. I cannot tell you guys enough. If you haven't seen videos, go on the Vikings page and look at some videos from them. The facility is absolutely incredible. It is top of the line, and there is no one in the NFL that has practice facility remotely close currently. And this will help the Vikings a ton in bringing in free agents. Alrighty, folks, we are going to keep it real short and brief with the news and notes part of this today. There was not a ton that happened in the Minnesota sports world this past week. Mainly Vikings, free agency, rumor talk, etc. And like I said, please get on my Twitter page at Hoagies Huddle. For updates, I will be giving you guys their updates hourly on what's going on in the Minnesota Viking free agency world. And I do want to do a little idea. Once I hit 100 follows on my Twitter page, I will be picking a lucky follower to win a Kirk Cousins t-shirt jersey. You can pick the color and the size. I just wanted to do something special for my listeners. I appreciate the support and the amount of... If, if I could get half of you that listen to get on my Twitter page, that would be wonderful. I think you guys would really enjoy some of the content there, and I tend to interact with the people on Twitter quite a bit. It'd be fun to talk sports. And like I said, answer some more of your questions. Speaking of questions, I wanted to wrap up the show with adding a few in that were sent in this week. Again, thank you for those who sent those in. This is from a coworker of mine. Any sleeper Cinderella teams you've got on your eyes to make a splash in the NCAA basketball tournament this year? I am not a huge NCAA basketball fan or follower, but I will tell you my rule of thumb going into the tournament. They actually play tonight, so they could get beat in the first round, and I could look like a total fool for this, but I am going to keep it on here either way so you guys can hear this. But my rule of thumb when looking at teams for the NCAA tournament is I tend to look at mock drafts and see what guards are drafted high. I tend to look at team defense, and if those two correlate, then often I will pick that team. And for example, my team this year, is Alabama. I don't think they are going to do a whole lot in this tournament, but I could see them potentially knocking off Villanova in the Sweet 16 just because of Colin Sexton, the incredible basketball he's playing, and Alabama does play good 
team defense. So Alabama is my sleeper for this year's 2018 NCAA basketball tournament. And like I said, sleeper as in might win a game or two. I could see potentially them knocking off Villanova. They have West Virginia on that side as well. So they or and Wichita State. So either one of those teams could very likely knock them off if they did beat Nova. Just an example of a sleeper Cinderella team that could make a splash. I tend to look for good guard play and good defense. One last question that was brought in by my father, Lance Hoagland. NHL playoffs are sneaking up upon us here and our wild are currently sitting fourth in the Central Division. Can you see them making a run? Unfortunately, due to the top heaviness of the Western Conference, I do not see the Wild making a playoff run. Unfortunately, it feels like every time we get down to the end of the season here, I like our chances, but we always tend to crumble. I really like that this Las Vegas team, Nashville, is completely loaded. Winnipeg is young and fast. San Jose, they have a lot of veterans. They're experienced in the playoffs. There is a lot of good teams in the West, and I do not see the Wild making a deep run in the playoffs. Unfortunately, I was going to avoid that question just because of my negative response, but I did want to get that one out there as well. I do not see the Wild making a deep run in the playoffs. I could see them winning a first-round series for sure. Going forward as well, instead of adding a gambling portion into this podcast, I am going to be tweeting out some daily lines that I like. It is hard to keep you guys up to date as lines aren't generally posted until 24 to 48 hours before the event to get good picks going into the weekend, especially not knowing injury situations, etc., all the things that can play into gambling. So I will, like I said, get at me at Hoagie's Huddle on Twitter, and I will keep you guys updated with some gambling picks on there if you're ever interested or need any help with that. Always feel free to reach out to me. I really appreciate you guys tuning in to this week's episode of Hoagie's Huddle, episode four. It was a short one. It was brief. But I will be including the Kirk Cousins press conference after this. Feel free to stick around and listen to that for us Vikings fanatics. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, please feel free to hit me up. I appreciate you guys more than you know. If you could subscribe, rate, and review to this podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud, I would appreciate it a ton. It helps me out a lot. Thanks again, guys. Hopefully, there will be some awesome news to bring you guys next week about our Minnesota Vikings and who we've also brought in besides Kirk Cousins. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Uh, very exciting day for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, very excited to announce that we were able to finalize uh, the deal on Kirk Cousins. Um, our number one priority going into the offseason uh, was to solidify the quarterback position. And it was a rare and unique opportunity to go out and sign a quarterback of this caliber. Uh, I'd like to thank the coaches, the front office, all the scouts, all the football operations people. There's a lot of work that goes behind this to make this day come true. I'd also like to thank the Will family for not only providing world-class facilities at U.S. Bank Stadium and here at our new home at TCO Performance Center, uh, but also the resources necessary to be able to put a deal like this together. And finally, I'd like to thank uh, Mike McCartney, who was such a high-profile player uh, and this type of player going out and hitting free agency just with the first-class manner. He handled everything. Not only is he had to sift through this process, but also uh, coming up and uh, 
able to reach an agreement. So, Mike, thank you very much for that. Uh, I will stay after uh, and be available for questions. I know there's probably a few more questions, but right now I'd like to uh, bring up Coach Zimmer and have him introduce our new quarterback. Coach Zim. Okay. Welcome, everyone. Uh, first of all, um, I'd like to say thank you to uh, to all the people in front office, uh, George Payton, Rob Brzezinski, and Rick. Uh, they they did a tremendous job of putting this putting this whole thing together. Um, I, you know, we are very very excited about having Kirk here. Um, you know, I've ha- had the opportunity to play against him uh, several times or coach against him several times, and he's always been a very very tough guy to play against. Uh, very accurate. Um, excellent at play actions, terrific in the boots. Uh, we've we've done our due diligence with uh, really everything about him, uh, Coach D. Filippo and Coach Stefanski and myself and uh, many other people. I've had calls from really all over coaches that have coached with him, uh, coached him, coached against him, um, and everyone has given him uh, tremendous glowing uh, um, um recommendations. Um, and you know, the, one of the other things I like about him is that, uh, he was a guy that always had to prove himself. He's a lot like a lot of our football team guys that come in here, work hard, uh, do the things he, he bet on himself, um, several times and won. And so, um, you know, those things, those things are really important to me. I, he's always uh, played with a chip on his shoulder. And, uh, so we're just really excited to have him. He's going to be a great, uh, Great part of our offense and great part of our football team. So, Kirk Cousins. Thanks, Coach. All right. Appreciate yeah, that. Thank, thank you. I uh, just will open it up with a quick statement and then uh, allow to, uh, you to ask any questions. I'd love to answer. Um, my family and I are humbled and honored to be here today. Um, we're thrilled to, to be a part of this organization. Um, there are many people to thank in a moment like this that have brought me to this point and, and to the days ahead. Um, those people I'll give an individual phone call to so, so I can save time. But uh, I do believe that the uh, decision makers here uh, with, the, with the Vikings deserve a thank you for uh, getting me here and the way they made this happen. And uh, the belief they've shown in me um, means more than I can put into words. Um, I'd also like to thank the Will family for giving the okay. Uh, that's a big commitment on their end. And again, it means a great deal that they would do that. Um, we're thrilled. Uh, the, the, the contract is, it is what it is, but what my wife and I are thrilled about is, uh, the organization we're walking into. Um, you can talk about being a family. You can talk about having a good locker room. I think all 32 teams will say that. Uh, I believe that, uh, it's true here. Um, there were five or six players from the Vikings who were at the Pro Bowl with me a, a couple of years ago, and I could tell right away that, um, some of the best players on the Vikings are also some of the best men and some of the best leaders. And I um, was really excited to uh, have the chance to, uh, to be here and to be a part of this team. So now the work begins. Um, I'm not here to sign a contract. In, in essence, I'm here to play football. And uh, I look forward to doing that here in about a month and uh, going to work every day with my teammates. But um, uh, for a long time, my family and I have prayed uh, a verse from the Bible, Ephesians 3.20. Uh, which says, uh, and now to him uh, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. And um, that has been our prayer today. That prayer has certainly been answered, but we will continue to pray it more than ever as we go forward. 
that God would uh, continue to do uh, immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine. So with that, I'd love to open it up for uh, questions and uh, happy to answer any that you may have. Kirk, this, this process went fairly quickly this week as it opened up. I mean, what was the whirlwind like for you, and what made you kind of decide right now that this was the right one place for you? Uh, my agent communicated to me that this free agency process in general around the entire league moved more quickly than, than it has in previous years for whatever reason, and uh, my situation was no different. But um, it was a good process. You know, Mike and I, Mike McCartney, uh, my agent, have really been in these types of conversations for about two and a half years. And so we've built a, a great deal of trust, a great relationship. And so for me, it was not a stressful experience uh, because of the implicit trust I have in Mike. And uh, uh, he handled it very well and represented me and my family uh, at a high level. And um, I'm very appreciative for that. Kirk, a lot of people are looking at you as kind of a final piece to lead the Vikings to the Super Bowl and perhaps a win. What kind of extra pressure, what kind of pressure does that put on you? All I can do is do what's right in front of me. Um, I can't win the Super Bowl today, okay? I can do a press conference to talk about a contract and then go from there. So um, what I'm looking forward to is getting to know teammates over the next few weeks, reaching out to them, building relationships, hopefully being able to spend some time with them and um, – and then get to work April 16th with the organization. That's where my focus lies. And uh, uh, from there, we'll build and, and hopefully be able to have those conversations down the road. Why do you think you're a good fit here? Well, I, I would uh, be here a long time if I were to read off the grocery list of reasons why this is the right fit. Um, but for the sake of time, I'll just say that uh, uh, winning is what I said it would be all about, and uh, uh, it's true. I, I, I came here because of the chance to win. I felt like it was it was uh, probably the best chance, um, and, and that's all that matters in this business. But more importantly than that, um, the, the chance to win comes from the fact that I believe in the leadership of this organization. Uh, there has to be a commitment to win from, from ownership. There has to be uh, the ownership, the, the general manager, the head coach, and the quarterback have to all be on the same page. I feel very good about that dynamic here, and um, and uh, leadership. Everything rises and rises and falls on leadership, and I believe that uh, the leadership here is in place to be able to uh, to win a lot of football games. You talk about the commitment to win, but when you see an ownership group that puts their money where the mouth is financially, not only to you, to this facility, to US Bank Stadium. You have to say that that played a huge factor. And have you seen maybe another organization that backs it up with the players and the quality and the money? I think you just said it. Um, um, Showed total commitment. Uh, uh, and it starts there. You know, they have to be willing to, uh, to make the sacrifice that they feel is necessary to win. And they have to be able to trust those that they've hired to do their job. And they have to trust their decision makers. And so... Um, Again, I think to, to echo what I said previously, I think they're all on the same page and uh, the commitment is there and that's where it has to start to have a chance. What did, they say, what did the Vikings sell you on as far as their vision for what you bring to this organization and as far as the pitch, I mean, who sold you the most or what sold you the most? Again, I think it would be a long list that I could, um, you know, maybe someday I'll write it down and, and read it off to you, but uh, uh, it is a long list. There are many, many positives. But ultimately, the pitch is, will we win football games? And the answer here is, I, I, I believe we will. And um, it's not going to come by just signing a contract, okay? Um, there's a lot of work to be done. But uh, I believe the pieces are in place. And if we stay humble and hungry, um, 
I'm really excited about the, the potential that exists here. You're here for uh, during Super Bowl week. Were any of those seeds planted in your mind? You were talking to some folks here. You got a chance to look around when you were here. And it sort of registered at that time as far as just really where you could end up? You know, I, I like to prepare, and I like to uh, cover my bases, and I don't like to be surprised. And um, the nature of free agency is that you don't have time when free agency begins to do your research and to take your visits. Things move quickly, as we saw. So I did take full advantage the week I was here for Super Bowl week uh, with events. Uh, I had about five or six days here and rented a car and drove out here and drove by Winter Park and, and drove through Egan and uh, I wanted to get a feel for the area and um, did be- the best research that I could. And uh, Everything, you know, I called Julie near the end of the week, and I said, um, you know, everything's checking the boxes here. And um, the timing of it was such that I think the second day I was here was when the trade was made to, to show that I was going to be moving on. So the timing was good for me to start being able to do research here. And um, from there, it was just a process of continuing to gather facts. What do you remember about your Gifford games against the Gophers? <laughs> First of all, happy birthday, Sid. Yeah, and... Uh, Against the Gophers, I remember getting beat on Halloween night at TCF Bank Stadium. Um, and then I remember they came to our place a couple of times. And then Super Bowl week this year, I uh, reached out to Coach Fleck and asked if I could come sit with him for about an hour and learn from him about leadership and some of his culture building that he does. And he was kind enough to grant me an hour, so we sat in his office and I picked his brain. And uh, while I'm a Spartan at heart, I'm certainly uh, Excited now to be in the Gophers' backyard, and I'll be cheering them on as well because I have a great deal of respect for Coach Fleck and for his uh, leadership abilities, and I think there's uh, there's plenty more where that uh, one-hour conversation came from that I look forward to maybe having with Coach Fleck in the future. So I'll enjoy being here in the in the Twin Cities and following them as well. How did Brad Salem coach you at Michigan State? He did, uh, yes. Yes, Coach Salem uh, was hired to be the running backs coach my last couple of years at Michigan State. He's since transitioned to being the quarterback coach, and I have a great relationship with him, and he's just been texting me now in the last few days knowing that he has Minnesota ties. How did you handle the last couple of years with just kind of having to go year to year with Washington and them not sort of making that long-term commitment to you? Sure. Well, on, on one hand, this, this process has moved quickly this week. On the other hand, it's been a two-and-a-half-year process, and, um, you know, patience uh, was certainly needed throughout the process, and... Um, you know, Mike McCartney just provided such strong counsel for so many years, and certainly the two and a half years are the ones that people focus on, but I could go back six years to some of the counsel he's given me that has led to today and, and will continue to lead in the future. But um, um, just so grateful for the way things have played out. I wouldn't change anything that's happened um, for the world, and um, you know, now I'm just excited to look forward to all that's in store. I think uh, the Vikings fans have seen a lot of the touchdowns, the highlights, the yardage. One video clip that's been shared recently <laughs> is that you like, like, you like that uh, yeah. meme, if you will. In that snapshot, do we see a little bit of uh, the fire, the passion, the, the chip that you play with? You know, I have always felt a little bit underrated, a little bit overlooked. Uh, if you, you know, go back and research my story, that's certainly a, an element there. And so as a result, there is a fire there. And, um... It's a balance as a quarterback. You know, I want to stay within myself and and um, never get too high or too low. But I think there's a healthy passion and fire there that can help bring out the best in me as a player. Hey, Kirk, how important was it to you to be the first quarterback to sign a fully guaranteed deal of this magnitude? Well, it was certainly a focus of our conversations for two and a half years. And um, I think more than anything, it's a testament to the Wilf family uh, on so many different levels, their commitment to winning. 
Uh, if anybody in this city or this state has a question about their commitment, I think this contract shows that they're all in. And, um, you know, it's a tremendous amount of belief in me as a person and as a player and uh, humbled and honored that they would um, give the okay on that and that the decision makers who, who uh, brought that to them, um, you know, believe, believe that way in, in, in me and my family. What does it mean specifically just to, as of now, be the highest paid player in the NFL on an average salary per year? You know, that, that, that statement is really a moving target, and um, as the salary cap continues to grow, that's just going to continue to change. So, uh, sure, at this moment in time on March 15th, I guess that's true, but uh, I do expect a couple of big-name players to pass me by pretty quickly, and that's the nature of the game, and I understand that. So, uh, um, you know, I look forward to, to playing here. As, you know, Rick said yesterday, um, you know, th- this is a lifetime deal. You know, that's the goal. You know, I, yes, it's a three-year deal, but uh, the expectation is from both sides that, uh, you know, we'd raise our kids here and that, you know, if everything goes as planned, that I'd be here a long, long time. Do you have a relationship with Trevor at all already? Have you met him before? And uh, Both Big Ten guys. You know, he's from Northwestern, and uh, uh, I don't know him personally, haven't met him, but I know he's from Orlando, went to high school in Orlando. My folks live down there now, and uh, I look forward to connecting with him in the future. Um, you know, here pretty quickly, and I just think he'll be a great addition. I, I love the fact that there's someone else in the quarterback room will have will have been in the fire and have played. I think that's a great person to lean on, someone who really knows what it's like, the ups and the downs, and uh, um, I think there's a lot I can learn from him and that he can share with us to continue to grow in that room. Can you talk about the, the weapons that are in place here uh, already, and I know you say you've been doing due diligence and you have to be excited when you see what's on the table, right? Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, again, that grocery list of reasons why I would want to be here is certainly on that list is the is the roster and the players on both sides of the ball. But when you take a look at the offense, I could go on and I'd probably leave somebody out if I named them all. But uh, there's again, it's a testament to the leadership of this organization with the way they've drafted, the way they've handled free agency, the stru- the way they've structured things. Um, those rosters don't happen by accident. So um, I'm very fortunate to be walking into uh, this locker room, not just the talent, but the people and the men. Um, that's what's really important to me because um, ultimately you win with people. And um, I, I'm excited about that opportunity and just can't wait to get to work and to get to know these guys and assimilate into an already really strong culture and uh, just see where, how and where I fit and uh, do all I can to help win football games. Kirk, what have you been hearing from other players about the concept of bringing a fully guaranteed deal kind of back into the conversation in this league where it's been very, very um, I've been so insulated in the last few days that I really haven't heard. Um, didn't attend, uh, you know, the NFLPA meetings this year, so wasn't connected from that standpoint. But I, uh, um, you know, it, it won't matter if other players after me, you know, choose to go a different route. So um, it is what it is for my situation. But um, you know, players after me are going to have to decide what they want to do. Kirk, do you feel like Kirk? Do you feel like you're paving the way for that? Possibly, we've got players have been talking about this for years. Yeah, it's again, it, it's there's nothing I can pave unless people come after me. So um, I guess history will will probably write that more than right now. We'll have to look back and see, you know, how this league goes from here. The players as men, a lot of the players took to social media before this was even a done deal. Diggs, Xavier Rhodes, you know, giving you shouts out. Did you have a chance to even see that? Did you hear about them? And that, that says a lot about the organization before you've even signed. I did see a couple of tweets and, um, um, you know, was able to run into a, a couple of them at Super Bowl week at different events and uh, um, just excited to get to know them and get to work. 
And uh, I'm excited about the challenge in practice, you know, to go against the number one defense statistically last year, every day in practice, uh, to go against Coach Zimmer's mind and his scheme. Um, I think that will be a very fun challenge. And uh, I love to compete just like all the guys on this team. And I think that day-to-day competition in practice will be a, a lot of fun and a great challenge. And I, I'm sure come training camp time, it'll be fun for the fans to watch as well. Of all the ways you could have done a deal, why was the full guarantee so important to you to have it done that way? Well, it's something that Mike McCartney brought to my attention, uh, again, probably two two years ago, two and a half years ago. And, um, you know, he had a vision for it. And um, to his credit, he saw it, you know, come to a, come to fruition. But, um, you know, there, there's a lot of benefits to it. And I think that uh, having that, that structure and knowing that, that there's a uh, assuredness that I would be here uh, was what meant uh, the most to me. Coach, how familiar are you with John DiFilippo and what he likes to do offensively? Well... First of all, uh, when you coach the potential MVP of the league, if not for getting hurt, and then you coach the other quarterback to a Super Bowl MVP, um, I know that about him, and that certainly is a ringing endorsement. Um, Love what they did offensively in Philadelphia. I know he has a West Coast background, uh, both of his days in Cleveland and in Oakland and before that, so I'm thrilled to get to work with an offensive mind like that, and um, again, I goes back to leadership. I, I respect Coach Zimmer, and I respect his opinion and his evaluation, and he's not going to hire somebody who he doesn't feel very strongly about, both schematically and as a person. And I think that uh, um, he knows the offenses he goes against that are challenging. He knows the, the play callers that, that, he, that he finds to be uh, a challenge, and he's going to try to bring those people into his building. And um, um, I'm sure that was a big part of his decision to bring in Coach Flip. So. I'm thrilled to get to work with him. And the other part that I love is he's a high-energy guy, passion for the game, passion for people, and I think it'll be a joy to work with him on a day-to-day basis. You haven't been afraid to take hits over the last three years starting every single game. I mean, what's the key to that longevity and that sustainability at that position for you? Well, I think first and foremost it's prayer. <laughs> I'm not the biggest guy in the world. Um, so sometimes, you know, you just have to pray for protection and, and, and hope for the best. But uh, I also believe in the philosophy of Chuck and Duck. And, uh um, you know, I'm not trying to take more hits than I have to. So there, there is a way to play smart, step out of bounds, slide, uh, or even get in the fetal position if you have to in the pocket when you know a play's over. And that's part of your maturation as a quarterback is knowing when plays are over and to no longer try to be a hero and then other times to know when to extend them and, and create a play. So that's that balance we're always trying to walk as a quarterback. What would you say your number one attribute is? Is it your arm, your mind, or that durability factor? You know, I don't know that I'm here to toot my own horn. Um, I have... Uh, football games in the fall to do that and try to show what I can do. I also have years of tape, uh, and people are going to make their evaluations on me, and I'll let them do that. That's their job, and I'll let you guys form your opinions and, and decide what those things are or aren't. But uh, it's my job to lead, lead as I can as a quarterback and, and play great football, and that's where my focus will be. While you put up great stats, obviously, in Washington, you do have a losing record as a career starting quarterback. Is that the injuries Washington have, the lack of – talent of the lesser talent or what would you say well you know my focus now is uh in free agency was to to be in a place where i felt like you know we had a chance to to win as much as possible and so that's why coming here was was uh, such a thrill for us because we're so excited about the chance to win but um there are many reasons that you win or lose in this league the margin for error is so small and i do believe that washington had a lot of great pieces they will have a lot of great pieces going forward and um the margin for error is so small. The difference between winning and losing is so small. And uh, um, it can be injuries. It can be any number of things that affect that. So um, 
you know, I look forward to uh, trying to win as many games as, as I can and hopefully re-work uh, re, uh, that record that, that is currently, um, you know, not as good as I want it to be. Kirk, did you uh, see Stephon Diggs catch? And, uh, <laughs> I did see it, yeah. <laughs> Talk to me about that. Yeah, I was watching like everybody else. And, um, you know, just incredible play. Um, you know, nobody wanted to leave the stadium. It's one of those moments that you don't really want to walk away from it. You want to just soak in it for as long as you can. I've been a part of a Hail Mary that won a game in college, and uh, it's a special moment. And, um, you know, it's part of the rich history of the Vikings that uh, goes back many, many years. And um, I feel, again, humbled and honored to, to be able to join that, uh, that history. Time for two more. How about the Viking wide receiver? How about that uh, Diggs? What do, you, do you see that? <laughs> so excited about uh, what what Stefan can do, what Adam Thielen can do, Kyle Rudolph, the list goes on and on. And I intend to throw the running backs out of the backfield. So I do intend to spread the ball around, get a lot of guys involved, and be a distributor. And, um, you know, as, as much as, yes, I do intend to, to have a, a – a large impact on the outcome of games, being that the ball's in my hands so much. Um, I am an extension of the guys around me. And uh, to the degree that we can protect and we can get open and we can create schemes that get people open and have great game plans, you know, then I'm, I'm successful. And, uh, um, you know, I depend on everyone around me just like they all depend on me. And that's why it is the ultimate team game. And uh, you need great people around you. And, again, one of the many reasons why I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. Last one before we have a photo up. Have you been to the Mall of America yet? <laughs> I have at uh, Super Bowl week. I, I was there pretty much every day. Um, could go on and on about the, the, the benefits that this city provides. Um, you know, this TCO Performance Center is, is over the top. You know, it's just an outstanding place to, to, to go to work every day. Uh, Julie and I are, are excited about the fact that I'll get up in the morning and come home at night and just be thrilled about where I live, where I work, and... Um, uh, it's a dream come true for us. So, uh, you know, the stadium, the practice facility um, could go on and on about, you know, and it's also a great place to live. So it checked all the boxes for us, certainly.